the 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Kramer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Wednesday, May 4th. You have found Golf Talk Live. I'm, I'm Alan DePue, and once again, I'm joined by my illustrious panel, Boston Bob Baldessari, Christian Zamus, and Andy Hydorn. Gentlemen, welcome. Please use Wicked when you introduce me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Wicked Bob Baldessari. It's okay, well, wicked case, good I'm to be here. right under the bus out of the gate, Bob, and tell... Hey Andy, he didn't throw he threw the jersey up there, the Bobby Orr Bruins jersey, only like two seconds before he logged in. He had the Boston Ortiz up jersey up there. I was gonna say it's, he wasn't got, even thinking about the the bees. He's he don't got, care he's about got the a, bees. He's got a good rotation and, yeah. and and something that I really appreciate his his uh, jersey rotation. I well, I can appreciate his jersey rotation also. And as a hockey guy, I'm I'm kind of enjoying right now. It's it's the playoffs, good to go. And uh, Andrew DePue not joining us tonight because uh, Rochester Americans, they're actually in the playoffs. They're in the chasing the Calder Cup. So uh, and Tony awesome. Leodora, he's the traveling golfer. He's traveling, and Mr. Elliott's under the weather. So uh, we rounded out our foursome. We didn't have to play an extra ball this week, but um, Bob. How's your week been? Week's been wicked good. We're uh, still strong here at the Trident Golf Performance and Lifestyle Center. We are making people happy with the game of golf, getting people introduced to the game of golf, but especially retaining them in the game of golf, because we know the golf industry is a sweeping generalization. It's a poor job of retaining the golfer. I'll get off my soapbox. Well, I, was, I mean, I actually just read the article that came out in Palouse talking about what can what can golf courses do about retaining? But uh, that's a whole other show, a whole other topic that we could go into. I think uh, you know my top. There's lots of things that we can talk about this week. My my the one that caught my eye because he catches everybody's eye is the needle showed up in Tulsa. And if you know if you know I call him the needle because Tiger Woods takes his private jet, shows up in Tulsa. Slaps it around Southern Hills, gets a little intel. Um, Andy, would you like to take the lead? And what's your thoughts on uh, TW? No, I, I, I think the more time that goes by, the more Tiger, you know, tests his leg out and, and guts his way through it, I think he's going to end up playing more and more. And I, I feel really comfortable that he's going to play PGA, he's going to play the U.S. Open. He's already said he's playing the Open Championship. So uh, I think it's good. And, and I, I saw him say something interesting, too. Um, and, you know, he's talking about getting in the gym and, and kind of strengthening his leg. We've all seen his, his legs, if you even call them legs these days, because they're really, really bird-like. But... Um, but he talks about how he's been getting through 
you know, his, his phase of getting through the pain and, and his range of motion, all that. And next step is to really get his legs a little stronger. So um, I think it's only, well, it's only going to be better going forward. We're going to talk physical prowess. We got to talk to the prettiest podcaster in golf, Christian. I mean, you're in the gym, like what, six, seven days a week. Yeah. I got to get calves like Phil. Come on. <laughs> I got to start hitting the ball of like freaking Bryson length out here with, to compete with these people. Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, Hey, I no, I no, but I have a serious comment. So there's going around social. There is a, apparently a Twitter handle that uh, is allegedly linked to Patrick Reed that asked the question. So why does basically, why does tiger get private, preferential treatment having the director of golf give him a tour around southern hills because he's tiger <laughs> that's the only that's, that's the only answer because he's tiger yeah and be and because carrie cosby probably would do anything to be able to play around the golf with tiger woods and this was this was his opportunity that's why because P. Reed's been playing like shit lately, and he doesn't have 15 majors, doesn't have 83 wins on tour, or excuse me, 80, 83 wins on tour, and he's jealous. Simple as that. And as t- the Twitter Twitterverse uh, jumped all over this particular uh, you know, screen name, other directors of golf, head golf professionals anywhere, if a tour player came in and asked a question, they'd probably do it. Probably. I mean, Bobby, you're 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 one step below a tour player. I was hitting it now, what like two ninety? But I mean, would Ish. would you loop for Tiger if he asked you? I'd be on the first tee, of course. I mean, I've sort of kind of done this a little bit, not to this extent with Tiger, but other tour players have been in my clubs and you know a couple of private clubs. You got to play with a guest or a, or a member or a, or a professional staff. Uh, I do know Kerry. He's uh, you know, a friend, been around him a bunch. He is uh, past PGA of America National Professional of the Year. He runs an amazing operation. He's one of the best out there. I could sit here and go, hey, he's doing what he's trained to do. He's going to make every accommodation to anybody that would come in there. Um, I mean, he's the type of guy, truly, Alan, if you said, hey, can I get out there? Would you play teed up with me? He'd try to work it in your schedule. If it's Tiger, I think um, – it seemed like a natural, like I didn't really think there was much to that. Like, of course, I want to play with somebody that knows the course. Yeah. And what a, what a thrill for him. Right. I mean, how many rounds of golf is Kerry Cosby going to get to play with Tiger Woods? So, I mean, I don't think he played. I think he just looped. He literally just carried his bag. He didn't play with him. I thought he played with him. I thought he just looped. Yeah. It was more of a caddy thing. Kind of, I don't know. But even then it's Tiger. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Like nobody Patrick Reed over here. I mean, geez, like I'm not bowing down for him. No way. I could probably beat him in a round of golf with how bad he's playing right now. <laughs> Patrick Reed. Ooh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so wait a minute. So Greg, Bob, Nor- Greg Norman. So Bob, yes. Last, Patrick last Reed, week. No. <laughs> last week, it was determined that Christian could probably take Greg Norman right now, and now he's now he's stepping up his game to Patrick Reed. Hey. I shot even par this past weekend, so there James, you go. He's in fine tune for only playing three times this year, so <laughs> I'm already in mid-season form, and it's it's now May third. So <laughs> I saw on Twitter that Christian was teeing at Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention I had 18 mulligans 
That's why well, I okay. that happens. That That's happens. expensive to buy 18 mulligans. Yeah, so, very- the, so the question is, though, does that mean that? Uh, well, actually, this is a real. I, this is an interesting question. As a PGA golf professional, Mr. Baldessari, a wicked good one, by the way, is um, what's Phil's responsibilities this week, and does he show up? I mean, at the PGA, does he show up? And can you give us some insights, some preview of Southern Hills? Uh, you know, when I started my position as general manager of PGA Golf Club, PGA Properties in o- June of 07, um, and a month later, I was at Tulsa, in Tulsa at Southern Hills, hottest day, hottest days, hottest week of my life, I think. It was wicked hot. Um, I have this lasting memory of Darren Clark dressed head to toe in all black. Coming up. <laughs> it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was brutally hot. Um, you know, I now the weather different in May, of course, probably plays different. Um, it, it was, I didn't see the whole course. I uh, saw some of it. I mean, it looks traditional, big, wide. I know they've done some uh, renovations there. It should be, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking about Tiger playing and I think physically he can make it around, but I, I don't care how good you are. We've all been there in our own levels of play. When you haven't played under the gun for a while, really competition, you lose that edge. And at the highest of highest levels, it's so razor thin. As good as Tiger is, as good as his mind is, best mind ever. Just not. I think he's, he's got to be playing, and just trying to get that edge back. Um, to me, I think the symmetry of the 150th Open Championship with Tiger winning would be the coolest thing. I was, just, you know, you just took the words out of my mouth. I think that if if there's an opportunity for Tiger, I mean, the fact he's out there is amazing. If there's an opportunity for Tiger to compete. And I'm, ta- I'm talking like top of the leaderboard go on, on the final day. It's going to be the Open Championship. And my reasoning behind that is, he, to, to Andy's point, he's a couple more, you know, further month, couple more months down the road, he's going to have gotten stronger. And then the Open Championship is all about creativity, and there's no more creative player out there than he is. Yeah. I, or, I can or see Bubba. Or <laughs> no, but that's true. That's true. I think, I think straight up, you know, and everybody seems to share that opinion that at the end of the day, that's, that's going to be a match made in heaven, hopefully for a tiger. Let's hope. Let's hope indeed. Hey, Christian, you got, you, before we hit the record button, you, uh, you were saying something, what's the news on Rory? Yeah, Rory signed. I don't know what the money is behind it. Probably something crazy because it's Rory. But yeah, he signed a multi-year deal with TaylorMade again. So not surprising, to say the least. But yeah. Did, did we not hit the record button already? <laughs> I'm serious. Like we've been recording this whole time. Yeah, we have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, Rory. It's not surprising when it comes to what he what he's done. Um, yeah, I mean Taylor made him seem to have a fit. So I wait mean, a minute, I, did I already ask that question? Is that why you're saying that, Andy? No, no. <laughs> but I don't. I'm I'm just a little lost on why why you I, said. I'm, hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I poured a glass of Jameson like an hour and a half ago. It's been a really bad day. And it's, so it's sinking in. <laughs> it's entirely possible I asked that question already. 
it's hard it's hard to mishmash what we talked about before that button was pressed so <laughs> i mean it's been wicked yeah <laughs> who wins around a golf right now alan in the state of mind that he's in or greg norman i'd probably take alan um, greg norman loses to everybody <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'll win some. We're going to get to definitely go to the live golf tour on that note. Thank you very much. Actually, there's a question. So Greg is now downplaying the the turnout for the live because of Phil's comments regarding the money behind the the tour. Does is Phil now like he, is he like literally the ping pong ball in the match between between those two? They're bouncing him back and forth across the net. I, I think that's an unbelievably perfect analogy, right? Because, you know, right now Norman's saying all this stuff about, you know, all these players signed and then they rescinded and gave their money back and because of what Phil said. And, I mean, is there any way – of ever knowing that that's really the case and who these people are. I mean, that, that to me is, is quite newsworthy. Anybody else? <laughs> no, nah, I've got to comment on it personally. Okay. I was trying to come up with another What is it called? A shuttle, a shuttle, a shuttlecock. In, in badminton, is he the is a, is is a badminton ball? birdie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's keep with the PGA Tour. Bob, you got some intel. Uh, what's? Uh, I'm trying to read your text earlier. What does that mean? It, you the, the the PGA Tour has just bought a minority interest in spill the dirt. Yeah, I, well, I saw that this morning. I can't remember the name of the company, but it's uh, augmented reality. So it's just interesting that, you know, you, you start to think that the tour, you know, there were some discussions there. So they had their own TV show, or I'm sorry, well, TV channel. The golf channel's out there, but does it make sense? The tour has its own channel, different associations out there. I know PJ of America for years didn't think about buying or being part of companies. You outsource things. You just, I don't know, I guess you, you lease things, but uh, then they started to partner with and buy some companies, different different thought process you think of the usga course uh, superintendents club managers you know it just it's probably makes some sense uh, depending on the association and what they're doing and what the roi could be so yeah i just saw that and thought yeah that new generation techno the young christians out there that are into the technology so uh, is that a way to attract a bigger audience retain a bigger audience but but wait a minute but uh, didn't they basically already start doing that with all the tournament players clubs I mean, well, talking did, about yeah. buying in and having yeah. control of their own. I mean, obviously, the 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 Sawgrass is the is the quintessential one. But I mean, Avenel and what are some of the other ones where they play? I mean, they're they're they obviously can return a greater profitability if they have tour events at their properties. That's why the PGA bought Valhalla, I think, and they had the PGA Championship Ryder Cup there. You don't have to pay licensing fees and. Right. See, the thing, you know, you can have the infrastructure and it just makes more sense to use it more often. I, th I thought the PGA kind of divested of all the TPCs or most of them. Um, is the that PGA. is that not true? The PGA Tour? 
Well, yeah, the PGA Tour, I guess. Yeah, they might have sold a couple of them. They still have quite a bit. Portfolio is pretty strong, I think. Really? But, I mean, but the, your point, I'm just trying to bring this, is what you're saying is these governing agencies or associations in, in the game taking on more greater role in how they're promoting their product through media, through venues, et cetera, et cetera. I can see where now they're like the one-stop shop. They don't have to partner with people. Is that yeah. what you're alluding to? Yeah, I suppose it's just sort of one of those thinking out loud things on a text about, you know, if you're, if you're depending on what association you are and what your role is in the, in the golf industry, does it make sense to have ownership of more things that could help your constituents and help your part of the industry versus just, you know, outsourcing? Well, let me, let me throw it a different way. And I actually applaud this. Uh, and I wish, I wish uh, Brendan Elliott was here because it'd be an interesting conversation. Look at the first tee. First tee now has here in Philadelphia now has two properties. First tee, Richmond, Virginia, actually has a property. So the first tee is getting involved in ownership and or management of actual golf facilities. And why wouldn't they? They're in the business of promoting the game of golf. Yep. Another good one is for many, many, many a year, a wicked many year, uh, around and around and around, tee times. And there was some sense. You know, the PGA of America should get involved in management of tee times and or a tee time component to help PGA pros at the facility. Never did that. The golf now has come up. All these other third party wholesalers come up. Um, you know, the boat is the boat is left years ago, uh, but that was a missed opportunity by a lot of smart people in golf and the PGA that said we should have had our own national tee time type of system. We could control the database and help PGA pros. That's a good example. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to parlay that a little bit and get a little snarky about the PGA because, you know, they did lose tea times. They lost retail too. Yes. Um, and, and they had an opportunity to, to really, you know, kind of firmly plant themselves, you know, as the center of golf retail and they didn't do it. Um, and instruction. But, well, and frankly, that that's the last bastion. If if the association loses its its hold on instruction, what's left? Well, let's let's put let's put our uh, Gen Z on on the spot. If I say golf course instruction to you, Christian, who do you think of? Golf course instruction. Yeah, I, think... you know, I mean, for for you know, player instruction. I think of the head pro. Okay. If I say merchandise, buying merchandise, who do I who do you think of? Head pro. So you buy green grass. You don't buy go to like Dick's Sporting Goods or. Depends on where you buy your stuff. I mean, like some some courses around here, like the the pro owns the shop. Others that I mean, like I'm not going to go pay seventy bucks at a retail store and, and golf galaxy or dicks for a golf shirt when I can go down a street to Burlington and get a Nike golf shirt for twenty five bucks. You know? Yeah. So I that's just me. Other people would rather go pay the seventy five dollars for an for a foot joy golf shirt when it's not 
it shouldn't be that much in the first place. But yeah, I mean, that's just me. That's what I would do. So. Trident, we have a sale at Trident. Uh, we, Christian, we have a sale at Trident Golf Shop if you'd like to make a purchase. <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I just think like every, everything I mean, about golf. Bob, he would, he would absolutely represent when he's out beating up on Patrick Reed and Greg Norman, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'd have to represent. <laughs> no, just, everything in golf's gotten more expensive. It's the same. Like, no, I'm just asking from a perspe- perception standpoint to Andy's yeah. point about, you know, I agree. I think golf instruction itself still remains with the golf professional green grass, whether that, whether that golf professionals at a driving range, short, short course or wherever, I believe that is the, the, the last bastion, good choice of words um, that you had there, sir. Uh, but I don't think that's the case for, for retail. Like you said, I think people don't go necessarily to the green grass golf shop and, by their merchandise. So if you, if you think about, if you think about retail in the sense that, that there are places like, like Southern Hills, for example, and, and all of the really elite private clubs, you know, they still do a tremendous amount of logo business. Right. Um, But if you take a club that doesn't really have any notoriety, doesn't have, you know, a, a, a great logo that people want, what do they have left to sell? And sometimes there's great operators there that figure out how to be a good retailer, but that's not the association doing that. That's the operator that's doing that. Um, and, and to me, you know, if you look at, at any random, you know, private, semi-private country club across the country, it's hard. It's, it's up to the operator. Yeah. If you don't develop and build relationships with people, you're, you're lost. I mean, I won't take up all the time here. This could be another three-part show, Alan, but it's, uh, even when I was in Ocean City, I was at a transient resort place. There's a way to build relationships, There's a way to attract people and get loyalty. And even when they leave, they call you and go, hey, I saw this red shirt in your shop. Can you send it to me? Whatever it is. Um, but there's, that's what we're doing at Trident. We're building relationships. It leads to a really strong engagement with people. And then they go, yeah, I'd I guess I'm looking for a golf shirt. If it's literally a couple of bucks more there, I like you guys. I like what you're doing. Uh, to me, golf instruction is the extension in changing a life through a relationship in golf and making somebody's journey in the game better, more fulfilling. Uh, it really is. I mean, r- everything through instruction. I used to say to people, I'm replaceable. If you just look at the business side, my owner can go get a, a business guy that knows about P&Ls and this and that. But there's no way he can touch anything I do with player engagement, anything I do for sure with instruction. So that separates me. And that's how I separated myself with the competition and the PGA pros that want to sit behind the counter and sit in their office. Great. I'm going to bury you. Sorry. Uh, you got to get out there. You got to get away from your counter. You got to get outside your shop. You have to get into the community to build your business. It's the only way. So I, I, we won't hold, we won't stay on this that long. Other than to say, my place, we do over eight dollars per round in the shop. Uh, all soft goods, golf balls, hard goods are gone except for private fittings. But uh, I mean, it, it'd be interesting. I'd love to get a, I'd love to get a good merchant, like a merchandising or manufacturer in here to get some other perspective on how they view uh, their various outlets for for, the, for their products. Um, but you you gave me a great segue. And as Brendan would say, I'm the king of segues. And this when you said about resort courses, 
guess where I'm going to be next week, guys? A resort course. <laughs> I will be down at Seaview for the for the media day for the LPGA uh, for the ShopRite Classic. Great time teeing it up. Jeff Carswell, former guy that used to work for me, is the head golf professional. Shout out, Jeff. I'm sure I'll watch our social. I'll put a bunch of stuff up there, some pictures. I'll probably chop it because, well, unlike Christian, I haven't played three rounds of golf already this year. <laughs> I'm in the weekend, so. <laughs> yeah, I've got time. I got time to hit balls between you know now and next Monday. Um, but the real thing is, segue on top of segue. Did anybody catch Lydia Ko's comments? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. What, Andy, what would was... like, would, Andy, would you like to present those? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that I'd like to present those, but I, I can. I can. For the the people who don't know what we're talking about, she was asked. She was. She had her trainer really doing some pretty amazing stretches to her back. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was pretty amazing. The position he was getting her in but um you know jerry Foltz, the golf channel reporter asked her you know what was going on there if she was having back issues and she basically told him that it was that time of the month and uh when that time of the month comes she has she has cramps in her back um and, and then turned she, turned, to, turned to the camera that said ladies i know you feel me you understand what i'm saying and and jerry just just, it was a mic drop. <laughs> he, she he know, turns back to him, turns back to him and says, I'm sure that probably wasn't what you were expecting to hear, but I'm just, it's the honest. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. And, he, and all he says is, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was befuddled <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Christian, you got any thoughts? <laughs> this sounds like Andrew to me when he's misses a pot in the golf course, if I'm being honest. My Christian is befuddled. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I don't really have a comment on that. I think it's funny. <laughs> I just think of Andrew when I think of that, just because he complains about everything on the golf course, about two-foot putty misses or drive that goes dead straight, but he hits it you know, on the low end of the club. So, <laughs> I want to. I want to. Okay, I'm gonna move us off that topic. Uh, I had an interesting comment today. The question that was asked to me: golf course design. I'm gonna. I want to hope maybe open up a can of worms on this one to our architect friends that listen in on the show. And I know there's a couple of them out there, but um, and I would actually pose this question. Uh, to the fans, interesting question. How is architecture or has architecture negatively impacted the game? Course design. It's Bobby, would you, would you like to jump in on that? You can extrapolate it. If it's a yes or no, I'd say yes. And then okay. I go back and give you my explanation, but uh, yeah, because if you look at where golf was, how people started, the old uh, public access or whatever, play the game, enjoy the game, affordability on and on. I just, uh, we're looking at a course uh, uh, with my management company that that is um, 
way too long, but it was built in the early 90s. And it was it was one of those typical way too long, way too big, way too expensive, but it was there to sell homes. The developer finished and they bolted. And, you know, obviously there's a million of those out there, but in general, yeah, the extreme um, look, feel, design elements, a lot of courses drive up the construction costs, which drive up the maintenance costs, which drive up green fees. So the context of the question that was posed to me, and I end up telling the story, and I won't go into the to protect the guilty. We were, I told the story as we're on this, on this one hole, we're watching, we're talking about rerouting the golf course, et cetera, et cetera. And to your point, I'll validate what you kind of said. As we sit and we watch this one happens to be a female player, drives the golf ball, it's an uphill par four, drives it right into the slope and begrudgingly starts carrying the same three wood up the hole and hits it three more times before reaching the fairway. And I looked at this owner that I was consulting with and I was like, we don't have a routing problem. We have a distance problem. So we talked with a golf course architect, a very reputable one, by the way, who looks at this owner and goes, you got to worry about your championship designation. Andy, is golf about championship designations for the public golfer? Well, I, 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 as we were beginning this, this topic here, I mean, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, was and I know Bobby was going to go rightfully so in the direction that he did, and I think he's 100% right. Um, but I think the, the other part of the equation here is that architects are – egotistical, just like every other person, right? And everybody wants to have that championship designated type of golf course that they build. And right. And, and that's not really what the game needs, but because architects are like all other humans and, and they have an ego and they want to be, you know, kind of the next Pete Dyer, the next, you know, Fozzie or whatever the deal is. It's just, that's what we end up with. We end up with, with those sort of golf courses. And, and to me, you know, you need those to conduct championships, but you don't need those to promote the game of golf. Cause they all can't be bombers like Christian. I mean, that's just a fact. I think the other thing is, I guess the way technology is to build a golf course, you think back to courses that were built now, or you can build a course anywhere and they're building them anywhere pretty much. And that's just, um, it makes it exciting. There's the four of us were, we're in that minuscule part of golf that, yeah, we would love playing those kind of crazy, wonderful, amazing 200 something yard carry. I don't can't quite carry it like I used to, but um, no, no, I wouldn't. I would, I would honestly, honest to God, I would get more fun out of, I, I'd get more fun playing the cradle every single day. Yeah. Because I'd be, I'd, I'd walk off and I'd hit the pine cone on the, after the third hole and I'd grab a transfusion and I'd hit, hit my tee shot on four, go down over the hill and I'd hit the pine cone again, coming back up number eight. That's just the way I do it. Yeah. And that's not because of my Jameson's already sitting here beside me, Christian. Stop laughing. 
I'm just saying, that's what I would do. And the music's playing coming out of the rocks. Yep. I mean, that's fun. That's fun. That's what we're trying to do with our reimagined golf is just get people understanding how the, how the game is consumed should meet how people want to consume the game. And for too many years, it was the other way. And you have to do this. You have to have 14 clubs. You need golf shoes. You need this. You need that. Play by rules, on and on and on. It just narrows that funnel, people coming in. And by the way, you got to have a lesson from a PGA pro or LPGA pro. I know that's sacrilegious me sitting here as a PGA member, but the funnel is only going to be so wide because out of 28,000 something PGA pros, maybe a thousand are really into player development like myself and Brendan Elliott. So there's a lot of really good pros out there that either they're at private clubs or they're, they're just not into teaching. And that's perfectly wonderfully fine. Not for everybody. Hey, Bob, admit, admittingly, when you were talking about the PL guy and you're talking about this and what have you earlier, I was a PGA golf, former, former PGA pro, as you know, that's how we met. I wasn't a teaching guy. I never have been. So, yeah, yeah there's different different components to the business. Yeah. Um, Christian, you want to chime in? I mean, you're sitting there quite, very quiet tonight. I just listened to the great talks, obviously. No, I mean, there's not much really else. You guys pretty much hit everything. I mean, it kind of also depends on, on the golfer, too, at the end of the day. I mean, there's a golf course here that, you know, my girlfriend and I live at, and it's a Jack Nicholas design golf course. Beautiful layout. They put a lot of money into it. People don't score here, though. The, the course record here is 73 from the tips. <laughs> no way. Yeah, the reason why is because the greens are so undulating here. There's not a flat putt on this golf course, so that's why people don't want to play here at the end of the day because they want to come out here and have fun. And at the end of the day, they just they get when they walk off 18, they get pissed off because they had 10 three putts. All right, so here now we go back to now we go back to Bob's comment right almost out of the gate of this tonight's show, unscripted of course. Player retention, estimated three million people came into the game over COVID, and they're playing golf courses like that. How much fun are they having? Probably having fun drinking, I would assume. I mean, depending on where they are, probably having fun. But, like, if you're going to go out with friends on, on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, you're going to listen to music, you're going to have a golf cart, you're just going to have fun, relaxing, you don't want to play a golf course like this. You know, not at all. Because you're not going to have fun. You're just going to get more pissed off, and you're not going to like the game at the end of the day, right? You should be playing a course that is more suitable for yourself. You know, I, I've played this course throughout my entire life growing up. I even struggle here because there's not a flat putt on this golf course, period. Anywhere. And and at this course, the superintendent here, he puts the pins in the most stupidest spots you could imagine. So how is that also fun when you have a pin tuck left behind a bunker that literally a tour pro can't even stop it with how quick the greens are? It's just, it doesn't make the it doesn't make the go- game of golf fun for someone. So for Allison loves that. No, she loves it. Absolutely. So <laughs> It just, it depends on, I guess, who the golfer is at the end of the day. Cause there's a golf course down the street from us here that I used to live on. I grew up on it. You, you can easily go shoot in the sixties there. No, like easily. Right. But then you come here the same day and you're going to shoot 90 because you can't make putts here. All right. Tell everybody you got the 73, don't you? No, oh, God, no. I've played <laughs> tips here at this course. They could run 7,400 yards. They can make it 7,400 yards. It is a bear. I live on hole number 12 here. It's a 235 yard carry to get over the Creek from the tips. <laughs> if that wins in front of you, you're not making it over. I, you, I, don't, I don't have that shot. <laughs> I, I lay up. 
you have to lay up to the ladies' tees that are up in front of the, and then from there it's about two twenty in, and you play it as a par five. Hey, Krista, I think you just need to make a tee time for Andy Heidorn, and that that first <laughs> record is going to drop. Absolutely, uh, it, but you know, there's a course that I belong to. It's in Phoenix, New York. It's 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 never gets old playing it. Really, give a shout out, Christian. Beaver Meadows Golf Club. There you go. Beaver Meadows. Never gets old playing Beaver Meadows. Everything in general, like from the course condition, everything. I mean, we're now we're now in May. They just aerated uh, yesterday and today. But prior to that, over the weekend, they were already rolling a 10 easily. All right. I mean, so so what we're gonna take from this is Bobby, we need to have a we need to have an architect come on. Come on it. Okay. And a manufacturer. So be, before we leave this, just just two, there's two things to me that that happened to bring more golfers to the game. COVID, like you said, Alan, um, and the other thing is Top Golf, right? They're yep. counting, they're counting people who go to Top Golf as new golfers, which they should. And I think I think you know the genius is going to figure out how to take. Top golf, not just the atmosphere thing, but, but the the fun part of it, and the ability to 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 make a golf course be for that type of player. So to transition that top golf person so into, I'm not going to divulge this, yeah. Andy Hydorn, but I already have business plan sitting to the right of it. I I I, I think you're spot on for. For doing so if uh, anybody would like to make a small nominal contri- financial contribution, I would just throw that out there right now. It's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Someone's going to do it. You, you know, whether it's, it's a golf course with, with, you know, huge poles and fences and, and, you know, like, like you, you go bowling and you have the, the bumpers that come up or whatever it is, there's going to be something like that, that gets, that gets, you know, kind of systematically put into place that allows people to make that transition. I can vouch for, I can vouch for <laughs> Alan having this amazing, brilliant uh, idea. He's oh man, now you're making me feel, you just made my head swell. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good, you, hey, you're good. No, you're good. Remember that movie? All right, so. Andy, unless you have a better one, I'm just going to throw this out there because this is your segment. You can chime in. I'll give you a bonus one. But I think what Christian just laid out there, if you're a superintendent of a golf course and you're listening to our show, we have a weekly feature called Don't Be That Guy. Don't tuck the pin behind a back left corner of a bunker on a sloping green. Don't be that guy. You know You know what? We struggle with this all the time at my course. And, and the, the answer that we get is the two things that the guys setting the holes it's early in the morning and they can't see. Okay. That's the answer that we get. And, but generally speaking, they don't give a shit, right? They don't give a shit enough to, to tell people where to put the holes on the greens, especially at a place like mine, my golf course has a ton of, it's, it's a, it's a Devlin and Von Hagee golf course. If, if anyone's ever played one of those, they're ridiculously moundy and, but, you know, you, you have to know, because Christian said it, it's annoying, you know, to play a golf course with, with ridiculous hole, hole locations all the time. It's frustrating, annoying. And, and it, to me, that costs zero money 
to tell somebody how to do that correctly. I, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And more importantly, when is it next week? Club championship going to get it done or not? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> My game is in shambles right now, but. Steven Yellen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Christian, give me a recap. Catch any of the golf this past week? Didn't watch a single hole. I'm just kidding. No, I did. I watched. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I watched it. You know, Rom, it's just mind-boggling to me how he doesn't win more on tour when he's in the zone. I mean, he's he just plays so well, and he's in he's such like in his own game that it just it's it's just mind-boggling to me that he can't win more, honestly. So, I mean, he's obviously a top, you know, he's top player in the world for a reason. So he, uh, he played well. And um, I think you picked him, right, Alan? I didn't pick him. I could have well, sworn you picked him. Who didn't pick him? I mean, he, he was he was like the – He was the only – golf In golf, it's almost impossible to find a consensus, you know, pick to win a tournament. He was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> top player, the top one of the top uh, – what is he now, two? Two, yeah. Yeah. Number two player in the world when I don't think there was anybody else in like the top 20 that was there. Right. How about Brooks Kepka though? Upcake. Missing some cuts. Did he did he play there? Uh he's no. missed he didn't play there, but it, I saw I saw a stat he's missed four out of his last eight cuts or something like that. I think he needs to dye his hair. Or something. Stephen Yellen. Stephen Yellen. He probably needs Stephen Yellen. All right, boys. Winding down the back uh, back nine here. Uh, Andy, you got anything else? No, you know, I just, I just, again, I'm going to talk about the ladies because I really think they're they're starting to really turn the LPGA tour around. I agree. Um, I think I think the venues they're choosing. The, the girls are so good. I, I had a, a conversation with a buddy of mine about how back in the day, and it's sacrilegious to mention names like Julie Inkster and Nancy Lopez, they couldn't carry the golf bags of these girls that are hitting it now. It's just that the way that these girls approach the game. So LPGA, again, to me, is, is making huge strides as they go forward. Bobby? Well, if you didn't know already, uh, I have self-proclaimed the month of May as hit one more club into the green month. I, did, I saw that. Yeah, it's it's going to be trending, I'm sure, viral any second. But uh, amateur golfers out there, please do me a favor for the month of May. Add in June, July, August, maybe for the rest of your life. Um, if you're ready to hit your seven iron, hit the six. If you're ready to hit the eight, hit the seven. Try this one round of golf, and I know you're probably going to hit it to the back of the green or a little bit over once or twice, but for 18 holes, hit one more club than you plan to do at your yardage. See, see how your score improves, see how many more greens you hit, and as a side light, uh, check, up, check the ball marks on putting greens. Look at the middle to the back. You rarely see a lot of ball marks back there. There's not enough people hit enough uh, uh, club into the green anyways. I'm done. Good one, Bobby. Well played, sir. Christian? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to try to play well again this weekend. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, swings in midseason form already. Don't know how, but I still make contact with the ball. Still suck at putting as always, as you blatantly know, Alan, from playing with me already. So, um, but no one has a flat stick like Alan DePew. That's all I got to say. No one has a flat stick like him. I've never seen a better putter in my life than Alan DePew. So. Thank you. I'm just saying. That's all. I mean, like, you just hey, got to – Cold, I, hard I, facts, right? Boss you know? of the moss and entrepreneur. Yeah, you just got to – just teach me your ways, please, because I go through a putter basically every season, so I need to know your tricks. I would love to. I'd love well, to. I've got, I've got the one putter you said you want sitting right to my left here. I already bought uh, it. So – Minor, minor. I've already touched on it. I am so jacked up to go down to Seaview uh, next week. Uh, it is such a great venue, Andy. I think you played there. We said one time. It's, yep. it, it, it's, and and to piggyback on your comment, I think the the ladies and we are huge supporters. Any 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 of the girls from the LPGA tour that would like to hop on here, or, or Epson tour that would like to hop on with us. We'd love to, to chat and, and, and continue to build that brand because that's what I, one of the things I think they do so well. They are so engaging to, uh, to social media, to anyone, to the sponsors, and they return back. Uh, obviously, sponsors talk about return on investment all the time. They're constantly promoting their sponsors. We were, were hoping to get someone on that tried to sponsor, promote his one of his sponsors. Didn't work out so well for him. We'll talk about that maybe in another show. But check out the women. Check out the LPGA Tour. It's great golf. And that, that's all I got to say about that. Hey, Christian, the key to good putting, great putting like Alan does, hit it close to the hole. There you go. <laughs> And when you and, and Christian, when you're chipping for when you're chipping because you just missed another green, I can do that. Yeah, you can you can do that. You're right. You rely on my drives, and then you get us close to the hole. This is true. No. So when you hit those drives, hit them long and straight, Christian, because it beats yourself hitting it short and crooked. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.